Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, Episode 4, Spectrophilia. This week, we look into the hot and sexy world of spectrophilia, or fucking ghosts. We're going to find out the answers to the following questions. Who is fucking ghosts? Why are they fucking ghosts? And why you should stop fucking ghosts right now? Spectrophilia is on the rise. But what is spectrophilia? Spectrophilia is the fetish of wanting to fuck ghosts or actually fucking ghosts. It's been popularized in various movies from the 1990 film Ghost to Casper, the overly friendly ghost. With all this positive promotion, more people are owning up to getting sucked by succubuses or getting impaled by an incubus from ordinary people to celebrities. But who are these ghost nutbusters? Let's find out. Amanda Teague is a lady from Ireland who, at the age of 45, married the ghost of a 300-year-old Haitian pirate. And she went on British TV show Loose Women and Men to talk about her relationship. Amanda, how does it work when you go on, like, dates? Like, do you have a table for two? Like, did, did they, does he eat all the food as well? Or... No, like, just... As you can tell, they're treating this very seriously. Well, we... Yes, we do go on dates, and I have a friend who is also in a relationship with Jack's best friend, oh, sorry, so we often date. go on double dates. And yes, we do leave a seat for them to sit on. Okay. Um, we'll yeah. buy them a drink. Jack likes rum and Matthew likes beer. And so we'll set it down for them as a form of respect. And I'm guessing you also pay the bill out of respect? Okay. Uh, Amanda, it's Gok here. Hi, love. Um, you say so you're married to Jack Hiya. then? Hiya. How, what was the wedding like? Yes. What was the wedding like? The wedding was, we actually had two weddings. Um, the first one we did out in international waters because it's not actually legal in the UK or Ireland to marry uh, posthumously. Right. So um, we went out on a little boat out into the Atlantic Ocean. Now we didn't take into account that some of the guests may get seasick. Right. So when we got out, it was so rough. Um, everybody was falling all over the place, people getting sick. Funnily enough, it was only guests from the bride side that were seasick. So it was just very much no frills, the basic legal bit, like if, if, if you were in a registry office. So that was quite a disappointment. Right. But we did have a hand fasting afterwards, which is like um, a Celtic type ceremony, like you'll see it in Outlander or Braveheart. Right. Um, and then we had the whole uh, traditional works for that, the guests, the bridesmaids. So that, that day was awesome. Amanda, uh, Jamie here. Um, just a quick one. So when you went on your honeymoon, would you buy, like, two seats on, on a plane, or is that how it works? Well, she's paying for everything else, so why not? No, well, to be honest with you, we're both sailors, so generally okay. we'd go by boat. Okay. I'm not big into flying at all. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that hasn't really came into it yet. But, no, if, if, if I was to purchase a second seat, I wouldn't do that because, obviously, he's energy and he doesn't need one. So buying, like, like food or buying a drink for them is more a matter of respect rather than, you know, actually them being able to consume it, which, obviously, uh, they Amanda, can. I, Amanda, can I... Sorry, sorry, no, Jamie. Can I ask you, so um, I'm assuming you've had relationships with, with physical people as well. 
I'm not sure that is safe to assume. In this life, oh, absolutely. yeah. Man and woman. How does yeah. the relationship with Jack and a physical person differ? I mean, is it stronger? Is it better? Do you enjoy it more? Do you feel there's more of a connection? Is there more energy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and has it been consummated as well? Well, chemistry is an energy, and a good relationship is all about chemistry. So, I mean, it's not much difference than, you know, having chemistry with a physical person. He just doesn't have a physical body. We're all energy anyway. We're all spirit beings in a physical existence. Amanda. So, to me, the chemistry is there. It doesn't matter that, you know, that he's not physical. So that sounds like she hasn't had a relationship with a human person. Ask you because um, I mean it's a bit of a personal question, but you actually you had a pregnancy scare, didn't you, in your relationship as well? Is that right? Well, yeah, it was more a kind of a case that you know um, I missed um, a month, and I went to my GP, and she said, you know, you've got to be pregnant, and I was like, no, I can't be. She needs to change her doctor. So, um, on further examination, I insisted to get blood tests done, and it did turn out that it was the start of the menopause. I asked Jack about it, and he said, obviously, it's not possible for a spirit to, um, to biologically have a child with a human being, so I'm, I'm quite safe. So. <laughs> Luckily, Jack seems to know more about the female reproductive system than Amanda or her doctor. Amanda, it's been fascinating talking yeah. to you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, send our love to Jack. Yeah. <laughs> think... Thanks, Amanda. And, uh, we'll see soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh. Oh. Unfortunately, as in the mortal world, the cause of true love in the spirit world does not always run true. She appeared on ITV's This Morning with Eamon and Ruth to tell us how it all went wrong. There has to be a, a time and a place in it, and I suppose I just get, better get to the nitty-gritty because there'll be a lot of people watching and they're saying, this woman is mad. Come on, Eamon, don't sit on the fence. And um, people are bound to put that to you and they say, look, what are you why are we even doing this interview? You're saying you're talking to dead people and dead people are talking back to you. What would you say to those people? I would say that a lot of these people go to mediums and get their tarot cards read. So if you believe you can contact somebody who's dead 10 years, why do you think it's so difficult to, to speak to somebody that's dead 300 years? The physical body, in a sense, isn't really important. It's more about the energy connection or the chemistry, you know, if you want to put it, you know, in non-spiritual Jack made terms. you tingle, basically. Yeah. Ooh, Jack tingles. There was that connection there, and obviously you need to learn how to feel energy to that level. You're saying you, you could feel it. almost like a weight of a body on you, yes. which is yeah. an energy, because yeah. obviously the physical body is not there, yeah. but you felt that that, that that was an intimate feeling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. OK, so, so far, so good, right? Yeah, all good, yes. So when, when did it get bad? Ruth seems to be a lot more comfortable talking about this. I think Eamon just wants it to end. Um, the first uh, time that I really noticed anything that was wrong was a couple of months after we got married. And things happen, you can't blame everything on the paranormal. But I also knew about spirit, spirit attachments and possession and stuff like that, although, you know, I'd never encountered it. So I did ask some people, uh, you know, are you sure that this guy is a good spirit? And everybody told me it was fine. Did everyone tell her it was fine? But this went on for almost two years. My health just kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point that I ended up with sepsis last year in June. And I almost died. I had to have a murder. And the analysis surgery. given to you why this would happen was that 
Jack was doing what? Why was he a bad influence then? He was basically like an energy vampire. So um, really, when we died... Mourinho was like that at Man United. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> Manchester United. I have long, uh, uh, long existing health problems that are never going to go away. Although since the exorcism, my health has dramatically improved. And they're not mental health problems. No, I have no mental health right. problems. Well, very subtle, Eamon. So there you are, Jack the Lad, Jack the Pirate. He was trying to come from the other side uh, into this world um, through you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he didn't quite get there because you had him exercised. I was stronger than him, so ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of what I did. And I'm really proud that I managed to get my life back together Good. again. I'm back working well, and, glad you, you know, we're glad I'm you much have. happier. Good. Good, I'm glad you're happy. Stay happy. <laughs> but who could have known? that marrying a bloodthirsty 300-year-old dead pirate could have ended so badly with him sucking out your life and trying to kill you. But surely there are some happier tales of fantastic phantasm fucking? Meet Mary Melsh, a lovely old American lady who loves nothing more than sitting in her chair, smoking cigarettes and getting dirty with a dark entity. She told Oprah all about it. My first guess says that four words written in the carpet and a cloud of black smoke led up to the night whatever was in her house put her in the grips of an intense sexual experience with it. Please meet. I'm really a very nice person. Oh, no, I'm not, nobody's saying you're not nice, Marie Melsh. We're glad to have you here on the show. Thank glad you. to have you here. Welcome to the show. I came home from work one very hot summer day with no air conditioning. I had a window fan in a west window. Mm -hmm. The sunlight was streaming through the window. The, I put the window fan on and sat down in my chair in front of it. And of course the fan was blowing at me. I lit a cigarette and suddenly the smoke from the cigarette traveled to the window fan, began to broil around furiously and became very dense and very black. Nothing else happened because I glanced down at my carpet, which was um, a plush with no pattern, just, just plain, deep-toned carpeting. And suddenly I became aware that there was writing, not for three or four words, writing all over the rug. And the writing was in um, various forms of script. Some were big block letters, some were little tiny letters, some were cursive writing. And I began to look at those. You looked. And they, they said terrible things. Mm -hmm. About you? They said terrible things about me. They called me a whore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there were dates and names. My father's name was on the rug. There were dates that were meaningful to me. Some of it I couldn't make out. At that point, I got to the telephone, and I called a daughter, and I said, you have to see what I'm looking at. Uh, they, had, they came immediately. I put my little dog outside because I didn't want the, uh, the uh, writing uh, messed up. And uh, they came immediately, and they could make out the words. They could see them, spell them. There were things that looked something like pyramids in some places on, on the carpet. And they said, you've got to get out of here, Mom. I said, oh, it's not going to hurt me. Um, things just continued in that fashion. Uh, my basement was a very frightening place. Well, what, what happened with the sexual intense experience? I'm getting to that. Yeah, uh, a bit too much fan and carpet talk. Let's get to the fucking. I awakened in my bed one night realizing that I was in the midst of a very intensive sexual experience. I saw nothing. Mm -hmm. 
I, th th there, there was nothing that I could put my hand on, you know, just me. And uh, this lasted a little while. How long? Well, it's pretty hard. You know, you don't watch the clock when this is happening. <laughs> uh, I would say two or three minutes, possibly. Uh-huh. Jesus, two or three minutes. That's a marathon. When you have an intense sexual experience and you feel that you are having it with something or one or it's not just you, right? That's how you felt. I did not, I did not physically feel another person. Mm-hmm. But Presence? I was having all of the reactions as if, I, as if I were engaged in intercourse. Really? And, but you didn't see anything? No. Okay. <laughs> really? Eventually, after more riding on the rug and after uh, several more basement experiences, mm -hmm. my kids picked me up physically without a word and moved me out. I've been away six months now, or six years. And I've not had one problem. Poor Marie. A hot, sexy ghost is making an old lady happy, and her kids take it away from her. But how good are ghosts at doing sex? Luckily, Sean Jameson can tell us. Sean is a young woman from Shropshire who moved into a remote country house in Wales and ended up getting a bit more than just peace and quiet. Here, I'll read what she told the Sun newspaper with some sexy background music and in a sexy voice. I enjoyed the peace after a long relationship. Being on my own was quite exhilarating. I started to wonder whether I'd ever want a man in my life again. A few months after I'd moved in, I woke early one morning to find a dark-haired, very good-looking young man laying next to me. He was fully clothed in a loose white shirt, a neck scarf, and an old-fashioned breeches. He had a kind of shimmer to him, as if he was behind a fluttering curtain. I told myself I was dreaming and rolled away from him. As I faced the wall, I slowly realized I wasn't asleep, and suddenly I was frozen with fear. I felt a hand on my waist, but the touch was strange, light and cool. He was very gentle and stroked my body tenderly. During the lovemaking, I sensed all kinds of things about him. His name was Robert, and he lived over a hundred years ago. We didn't speak. It was as if we were communicating telepathically. His body was soft and light. Even when he moved on top of me, pressing down, he felt almost weightless. It was very strange, but the sex was amazing. I was totally perplexed by what had happened. In fact, I started to wonder whether it had happened at all. In the end, I told myself it was just a very vivid dream and put it to the back of my mind. Again, he appeared in the morning. We made love again, but this time afterwards, I watched him get up, get dressed, and leave the room. I was expecting to hear his footsteps on the wooden stairs, but there was no sound. I watched him through the open bedroom door, 
and saw him kind of fade as he approached the top of the stairs. He appeared one more time after that. It was night time and I was drifting off to sleep. All of a sudden, the duvet slid off me and I could feel a cool hand running up my thigh, under my nightshirt. I sobbed after he left that night. I guess I had fallen in love. Sean is now in a relationship with a man, and she told him about the sexy encounter, but he didn't believe her. But Sean had this to say. I know it wasn't a dream. It was real. And the sex was really good, if not better, than any other sex I've had. Just don't tell my boyfriend that. But we can't invest ghost fucking without looking at the greatest phantom fucker of them all, Amethyst's realm. Amethyst is a 30-year-old woman from Bristol in England, and she has the spirit world lining up at her back door for some haunted horniness. She claims to have bonked 20 different ghosts, but after playing the spectral field, she's ready to settle down with a sexy Australian ghost. And she tells two people who seem a little bit too obsessed by this sort of thing. Eamon and Ruth again. And Eamon really wants to know what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. did you first encounter this presence? Um, when I was over in Australia and I was taking a walk out in the bush and just suddenly it approached me. And is this yeah. something you can see or just something you no, feel? something you feel. So, yeah, just like a physical... an emotional sort of physical presence. Why was this one different? Because you, you've had these kind of encounters before. Same and said you're a medium. So why was this so personal? Why was it, the feeling different for you? Because um, I fell in love with it, I guess. Um, just, it's for one. You're awake. What are you feeling? Are you, are you being touched? Are you being held? Are you being kissed? Are you being... Or is it just conversation? Sometimes, yeah. And that's just like a normal relationship. So you get excited, you get turned on by this relationship? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And even though she's settling down, there's still plenty of hot ectoplasmic fun to be had. Well, you did, mm. you did say that actually on the flight back from Australia, um, you did actually yeah. go into the loo and do it what some people a do. Member of a Mile High Club, yeah. <laughs> and why did you need to go into the loo to do that if nobody can see that presence there? Because, you know, wouldn't be able to get into it on the seats, I guess. So even yeah. then you felt you needed to be private? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. It seems like me and Amethyst have something in common. We both joined the Mile High Club while being on our own. Now, if like me, you're getting all worked up by this and want to get in on a otherworldly orgy, stop. Because there's someone out there that wants you to put down that poltergeist pole and listen to the dangers. Laura Maxwell is a former spiritualist who now warns people of the perils of ghost fucking. She's a lady from Scotland who believes that these hot, sexy ghosts are actually evil demons who want to take you over and even kill you. She warns Julian Charles, and despite her voice, she is actually an attractive lady. This is the thing that actually strikes me as a, an alarm bell. 
they say many times the sexual encounters with any of these entities is far, far more powerful than what they've ever had with a human. Mm. Mm. Straight away, that would make me question the true identity of this so-called spirit. Because why should a human being, once they're dead and, you know, apparently coming back as a ghost, why should it suddenly mean they have a better sexual performance? To me, that, that just shows you that, hey, wait a minute, there's something quite supernatural going on here. Okay, so if it's great, it's probably a demon? For example, as I said, they can transform themselves to appear to look like any type of being. So, you know, if a person, for example, believes in ghosts or aliens or fairies or some new, you know, mythological creature that the person just imagines, a spirit can take on that form, impersonate it, and be that type of being for that person. Uh-oh. The incubus and succubus definition that some people believe these beings are either passing on sperm. And um, just to translate, she said sperm. Or receiving sperm. That is certainly more controversial, but there are some Christians who say, well, this could be entirely possible. Um, Well, there was a woman also at at the end of last year who was on uh, this morning program in the UK, which obviously is watched by, you know, people right across the UK. It went on to YouTube and the internet. It was picked up by many of the papers about magazines, not just in the UK, but around the world. And she did say that she was a, a medium. Um, her name was Amethyst Realm. Hmm. To translate again, that's Amethyst Realm. This is very dangerous because sometimes spirits turn up and it's really a, a wicked, evil spirit, and it's pretending to be a ghost of someone. So therefore, you're, you're actually having sex with this entity that's not the young man that you think it is, or the young woman that you think it is. Ghost catfishing? These so-called ghosts are not who they claim to be, and I would urge anyone who is involved in this, or, or even thinking about it as an option, to think again. Because you may think you're having sex with this young, handsome, dead person and it's not who you're claiming to be. Do you really want to get involved in something like that? And especially when, um, as I said before, many people who have been involved in these things and then don't want to have sex with this so-called ghost anymore find out the ghost will start to rape them uh, you know, and attack them against their will. So is this really a, an option that, that, that you want to experiment with? Well... Thanks to Laura, we might have to think again about starting a spectral spooge fest. Episode Episode 4 Spectrophilia The Epilogue So, what have we learnt about this? We learnt that ghosts are pretty cheap on dates. We'll buy them a drink. We learnt that hot, sexy ghosts are very adventurous. Yeah. Well, you did, you did say that actually on the flight back from Australia, um, you did actually yeah. go into the loo and do yeah, what some people a do. Member of a mile high club, yeah. And we learned that hot ghost sex can still be very messy. Either passing on sperm. So while all of us are probably wanting to run down to the local cemetery with a bottle of scotch and some lube, remember to make sure you're not being catfished by a demon. Thank you for listening, and Happy New Year, everyone.
if you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. Join the Facebook group and Instagram, I Don't Know the Podcast. If you want to email anything, that would be I Don't Know Pod at Outlook.com. I Don't Know the Podcast was written and produced and everything else by Keith Miller. And we'll play out with Professor and the Madman. Look them up on the show notes. Which is our code word for